0: Warning, the Grow Your Salon Fast Show contains content that may offend. The hosts don't care. If you want to grow your salon fast, keep listening and find out more at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. But for now, here's your hosts, Vagar Svanberg and Kat Smith.
1: Hello and welcome to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show. This is Kat and today I am without the Viking, which is very controversial But um, I've ditched him in favour of a more good-looking redhead uh, with an even weirder accent. Um, And I'm hoping that you understand him. I know it's hard to understand the Norwegian, but I have with me um, in a hotel room in Cork um, a lovely chap called Dom, and he is from Sunderland, which I really don't have any idea where that is, but somewhere up north, apparently, in the UK. So... Hi Don, how are you?
0: I'm very well Kat, thanks for having me on the show. I'm honoured to be with the QB of E.
1: Yes, well you should be because not everybody gets to come into my hotel room and uh, share a podcast with me and uh, And a beer. And a beer, oh my god, we've got beer, so here's to having a pint (laughs) because I can't get to do this in the giant sand pit, uh, not very often and uh, definitely not with another strange man in my bedroom. (laughs) So cheers to that. (laughs) So I've got a lager, but um, the reason I've invited Dom onto the podcast for the Grow Your Salon Fast show is not because he owns a salon, because he doesn't, do you? No, I don't. No, good answer. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, what do you do, Dom? Tell us what you do. What,
0: what okay, do. so I have um, a couple of kind of strands in my business now, but I started off as a dog walker right. in my hometown of Sunderland. We launched. I launched a dog walking business, a dog adventure bid business, actually, um, back in two thousand and eleven, uh, and that kind of took off quite well. And but I pretty soon realised that I didn't know anything about dogs, um, so I had to go on a bit of a doggy education, and that really helped my business. Um, and but then I realised I didn't know anything about marketing wait, wait, either. Hang on a
1: second. I'm just going to go back then. You mm-hmm. you launched a dog business, but you don't know. Anything about dogs? Well, yeah,
0: How does I was, that work? I was kind of, I was kind of passionate about dogs. I loved my own dogs, and I'd had a lot of success you know, with exercising my own dogs. And I, I, I was walking dogs at my local rescue centre. So when I came to set up my own business, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be a great idea if uh, I, I set up a dog adventure business, you know? And um, didn't have to spend any time with people. Yeah. Just be picking dogs up, yeah. spend outside all day outside. Sounds
1: um, like a dream job. But
0: but the, but the exercise kind of wasn't enough for me to have good control of the dogs, I had to, I had to learn about training. Really. <laughs> <Like that. laughs> yeah. A bit like running a business where you kind of start a business thinking that you you know, it's enough that you love making coffee or, you know,
1: yep. making yep. shirts
0: or whatever the hell it is, but really yep. you need or to Or you're learn. passionate about yeah, something yeah, or that, whatever it is. or you've
1: worked in a salon and you think you can run it better than the salon owner, so you go and start your own salon And hmm. And, you know, you have good intentions, but not necessarily always the right information about What to do, how to start. Okay, so you learned how to do the doggy thing. Yeah. And then now what do you do with the doggy thing?
0: Um, So now, um, well, we became full really quickly after that. Once I kind of got my head around the marketing and the training side of it, that became full, that side of the business, my local business. I realized that there was only so many hours in a day that I could actually walk dogs without my legs falling off. So, (laughs) um, and I wanted to kind of get out of a time for money swap so I started to look into doing some online stuff so I could maybe produce something and sell it many times, you know? Okay. Um, okay. And I tried doing an online store. That kind of flopped, big style. Um, and I kind of hated it as well, to be honest with you. Um, but then when I got into training, I thought about teaching people how to train their dogs. Um, so last year, uh, that kind of took off a lot more for me. Wrote my own, wrote my first book, um, launched some training programs, and... Uh, and that's, that's where we were.
1: Fantastic. Now, the, the reason I, I, I've asked you to come up to my hotel room and have a beer with me and uh, chat on the podcast is not because, A, uh, you're good looking and uh, you have a weirder accent than the Norwegian who isn't here today, uh, but the fact that is that you have a, a business uh, and you teach other business owners how to market their businesses. And the, the thing with that, and the thing that people forget is that your business is no different from any other business. Hmm. So whether you're in dog training, walking adventures, teaching dog uh, companies or pet shop owners mm-hmm. how to groomers, groomers yep. whatever they are in their industry, how to grow their business, how to do their marketing, how to look after staff, how to, that sort of thing, there's no different from the health and beauty industry, it's no different from farming, it's no different from uh, accounting, anything else. So business is the same, is the same, is the same. And the reason that is is because we're dealing with people, right? For sure. So when you think about your business in fact it was dog walking and uh, a pet grooming business or a, um, a business that deals with pets, you would think that the client is the pet, right? Huh. Is that what most people think, that you're actually having to – deal yeah, with yeah, the pet yeah, or the, yeah. the dog mm-hmm. or I mean I guess your specialty is dogs not,
0: yes no you definitely yeah, the dogs, case, yeah.
1: so, um so but actually it's not the dogs is it
0: no no well I mean the dogs it's a huge part of it and what you provide for the dogs it, it you know ultimately your services the end product is going to be aimed is for the dogs, but. The dogs aren't the ones who go through the other pages or search on the website for you. <laughs> you know, it's the owners, isn't it, that are the ones that are going <laughs> to ultimately uh, woof, hire you.
1: I'm just ringing because I'm so tired, would <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> be good if that did happen, but uh, yeah. no, we have to have good marketing skills, marketing to, to the people, to the owners and find out what their fears and concerns and uh, wants and wishes are for, what, for, the, for their dogs.
1: Because what you're providing really is solutions to the pet owners. Or the pet shop, not the pet shop. I keep calling it pet shop, but it's not really, is it? It's the the owner. Yeah, yeah. The the owner of the business. So someone who's running a pet business, it's the owner has the same problems as someone running a salon, Mm -hmm. and the clients need the same similar kind of solutions. They have problems, which is usually their dog needs grooming or their dog needs training or the dog needs walking but it's the person that has those problems and they need a solution the outcome is the dog gets groomed or walked or whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it is necessarily um you're providing solutions to the person so the psychology around it is the same So you're dealing with trying to get new people through the door Mm -hmm. retaining those particular clients um doing more for those particular clients but also the ownership of the business itself you need to be dealing with the staff usually because mm-hmm. you can't like you say you've only got two pairs of legs and yep. if you're a dog walker you can only do a certain amount of dogs per day mm-hmm. if you've all got four legs so they're going twice as fast as you mm-hmm. I imagine mm-hmm. you're little slugs <laughs>
0: yeah they're generally more energetic than us humans yeah
1: <laughs> so you can only fit in a certain yeah. amount per day mm-hmm. so like salon owners in the main unless you're a Someone I know who's, you know, owner-operated business is just the single one of you, uh, which I don't imagine there's very many of you out there. You've got staff, so you have to mm-hmm. deal with staffing issue as well. Yeah. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think dealing with staff and training staff is like training a dog. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How would you go about training a dog?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to... I like to uh, obviously, the dog needs rules, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, the dog needs to... Um, you, you, dogs need rules, kids need rules, husbands need rules. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Can't argue with that. You know, you have to have... but it makes it easy then for the dog, you know, if the yeah. dog knows what he's allowed to do, what he's not allowed to do, what's his remit, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's one side of it, the dog needs rules. But The other side of it is obviously how we, how we get the dog to do what we want him to do, you know, how we motivate them, how we find out... I like to do it by finding out what the dog likes and then I can motivate them by rewarding them with what he likes, you know, so I guess... We can do a similar thing with staff.
1: Well, definitely, because when we're looking at staff and humans, there are uh, five different motivators that motivate us. And I talk about that quite a lot in my um, uh, Staff Supremacy product, which we'll be putting some information up about on their website. But there are five motivators that people have, and they do include things like recognition, uh, reward, Nurturing that sort of thing and and belonging and I guess if you can translate that into training a dog reward is a, is a big Yeah, one, huge,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if you got the reward what the rewards Got to be what the dog wants, you know yes. um,
1: So it's same with staff you can't you can say to a staff member Well, I'll give you extra money if you do that But if someone isn't motivated particularly by extra money, it could be something else that they are have baited by yeah. Then they're not going to do Or the whatever it so, is yeah but with reward you could say a reward might one so i've heard you talking about different dogs like different things yeah. so you'll go and and find out what yeah you dog find likes. out what it is yeah so, so you
0: ask you kind of ask the dog you know so we're not going in <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not in a podcast type <laughs> setting but rather well, we do have a conversation with it. Well, I do when I'm training a dog. I like to get a ball and a tuggy toy and a tea towel and a piece of cheese. And then I'll just wave <laughs> each one in front of the dog's face and see which one makes his tail wag the most. You know, And then that's the thing that I know that he likes the most rather than me going in saying, right, I've got this shiny new dog toy. You will play with this. And then he's in the dog's face and the dog's like recoiling away from you as so if to say... What are you doing that for? You know, stop being weird. But it's it's fine. It's just having a little bit of a conversation, which is much easier to do with humans, obviously. Well,
1: I don't know because humans don't always tell you exactly no, I what not, they want. Yeah. So with the dog, you can see the actual outcome as the tail wagging. Yeah. So I guess if you can see your staff's tail wagging, you're onto a winner. Yeah. <laughs> Put a slipper in front of them and see if the tail wagging. <laughs> well, if that's going to motivate you to turn up to work on time. That we're going to use a slipper more often. So. But it's very—it's it's exactly the same principles, mm. isn't it? Mm. There's nothing different about it. It's very much an animal response. It's a stimulus and a response. So you're looking to put the stimulus in front of the, the dog mm. or the person that's going to get the response that you yeah, want. And yeah, and what
0: something that maybe what might apply to what what we're talking about with the human side of it, with the stuff and things. Very often with the dog, no one's actually took a bit of time to to do this. Just you know, people think that they know yeah. what turns the dog on but then when you say to them well what is he really like and they say oh well actually he goes he re- gets really excited when I get the mop out you know and so you think oh well that's <laughs> I know you can't take a mop to the park with you but you could you could certainly play in that with a house with him with it but it's, it's sitting down and thinking about it and it and we so often we just assume what it is that, that the dog likes or what the what the staff member likes.
1: And so how do you prompt that sort of discussion? So say, for example, I went into a salon and I said to the salon, owner, well, what does that person like? What motivates them? And they have no idea because they haven't really, you know, when we have bad staff, it's us that's a problem. It's mm, not mm, necessarily mm-hmm. the staff member. Mm-hmm. I know there's issues with staff, but it's usually us because we haven't taken the time. Or we don't know how to get that information out. So how do you get that out of the dog owner's
0: by out of the dog owners, oh,
1: so you have to ask. You're asking the dog owners what gets them excited.
0: Yeah, well then, sometimes they'll know, but sometimes, but I'll so I'll say, well, just you know, walk a day in your dog's paws, kind of thing. Let's quickly walk a day in your dog's paws. What are the times in the day when he, when he's most excited? You know, is it when you take him to the park, or is it when you you know cooking hot dogs, or is it when EastEnders comes on the telly and he starts jumping around when the music comes on? It could be anything, you know, but yeah, it's. Uh, that's what I would do with, with the dog owners, just <laughs> so get them to walk it. a little prompt.
1: And, and yeah, yeah, just a
0: little prompt, just a little, yeah. uh, you know, reminder.
1: Yeah. So you could do that with staff, couldn't you? You could think, to, to if you had staff in your on that, when are they most motivated? When do they do their best work? When, mm. you know, when they turn up in the morning, what's their attitude like? Are they always like that? Hmm. Um, are they excited to be at work in the mornings? Uh, did there something usually happen overnight that is a problem for them? Yeah. Do they flag during the day when you... Say there's a competition happening, do they get excited about yeah. that, that sort of thing. And having so a conversation
0: as well, I guess, you know, with them about their own, what's going on in their lives, you know, mm-hmm. with their family and stuff. There could be other stresses that you don't know about yeah. that if you did know you would, you could help them out a bit more with or, you know, you could...
1: We could change the way that you deal with them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Sort of yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You're listening to the Grow Your Salon
0: Fast Show with Cat and Vagard. Remember to sign up for the podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. In my previous job, um, I used to work for Imperial Tobacco as a sales rep before I launched the dog walker business. And my best boss that I ever had um, was, I, mean, I was thinking about this just recently, like why? what made her so good? Why did I like her so much? And it was because she used to sort of, let me have the odd morning off to go and see my kid in a um school play and stuff like that you know that he yeah. was in and that was like worth so I would have done anything I didn't used to do anything for her you know when she was short in another area I would go and cover for her yeah because she knew i would push my buttons you know and
1: how did you find out that that was something that was really important to you it's just by
0: talking to me I guess you know yeah. um that's all I can think of I can't remember filling in a a form <laughs> <or
1: anything.
0: laughs> things i like <laughs> well, but
1: um <laughs> what buttons do you like you you your
0: but it's just a conversation isn't it you know it is, it, is. yes yeah, so it's taking the time to get to something. know you yeah. basically mm. okay
1: and it's like taking time to get to know the dog as well exactly so you, yeah yeah you spend the time doing it cool so when you've you found out what motivates the dog and you get them all excited and, and then how do you get them to do what you want them to do after that so
0: well it's 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 easier then because you know you know the thing what makes them tick, don't you? So I like to I like to kind of play with the dog a little bit and build up his drive for that thing. So whatever it is, if it was a ball or if it was a tea towel that I knew that the dog liked ragging around with, then I could play with the dog with that tea towel and kind of build up his drive for it. And then once he's sort of looking at me and he's wagging his tail, I know I've got his attention. I can kind of do anything I want with him then, really. I could teach him to sit or to lie down or to not run away from me in the park. You know, it's yeah. just using the... It's just building up, it's finding out what it is and then building up a drive for it.
1: Okay, yeah. I think but that's. I, I guess you're kind of
0: confirming it, I guess. Yeah. Maybe, you know? I
1: think it's really interesting because it's not just about here it is, have it. No. You have to yeah. hold it's it back you, a little bit yeah, and yeah. use it to Yeah, so everything. you
0: don't. Um. So I, I would tell owners, um, it, sometimes you go to the house, you say, what's the dog's favourite toy? And they say, oh, we don't know. So we do a little dog order and we find out. And then once we know what the favourite toy is, I make sure that they keep that then. They don't leave that toy line around on the floor anymore. Otherwise, it's not going to be special, you know. So they'll keep that in the cupboard. And they'll just use that with the dog to whenever they want to train him or take him to the park and stuff and the dog will just stick to their, stick to their leg like glue.
1: Well, I think, and that's the case where it happens with people who are given things like rewards or bonuses, for example, that they get given them just thinking that that will change the behavior or the behavior will get done. But then it becomes an expectation because they're given them all the time. Mm-hmm. And so rather mm-hmm. than becoming something that's exciting mm-hmm. and a an intermittent reward, which is much more um, powerful than a regular reward and um, psychology experiments have proven this to be true, with uh, humans and I think a great example of that is when you are gambling Yep. for example so if you're sitting at a a, uh, a blackjack table or you, the roulette wheels particularly roulette you don't always win so you don't know hmm. when you're going to win so you keep playing um, and, it's, and when you do get rewarded you it's much more powerful to keep playing because all of a sudden you've been rewarded, but then you don't know when the next reward yeah, is going to come. That's about. a really
0: good point actually, yeah. because we use that a lot in dog training as well. We call it like the jackpot thing, you know, you never know when the dog's going to get the jackpot. So he might, he might do a recall and you'll give him a, uh, a bit of, you know a biscuit and then he'll do another one you will give him a biscuit then on the third one you might give him like a chicken leg or something and he'll be like oh my god like you know I've, 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 i'm <laughs> oh, gonna ding! i'm gonna race back because i don't want to get this chicken leg you know yeah
1: uh, and, and they never know when they're going no, to get it so the behavior changes the behavior becomes the work becomes hard uh, they becomes more committed doesn't yeah, it they yeah. work harder yeah yeah it. yeah
0: kind of weirdly that even though you you make it uh random you make the reward more random It produces a higher level of response, certainly with the dogs, anyway. (laughs) And and it relates
1: to humans very well. Um, There's been numerous studies done about this, and you know, there's been um, that was my thing in university. I studied psychology and and worked with uh, people with mental health issues afterwards. But one of the things we did at university was showing how we actually dealt with pigeons, we put them in a little box and they pecked away at a light and they get rewarded every now and again mm-hmm. and they would peck regularly for a reward that was given to them intermittently so not every 10 picks, it might have been 12 picks the first time and then 20 picks the next oh. time and then 3 pecks and they would regularly peck but when they knew the, the food was going to come every 10 picks, they would go really slow
0: mm.
1: and then for the last 3 picks would be really quick because they knew it was coming yeah. After that one, and particularly with time as well. So if they knew they had five minutes, they would do nothing until the last few seconds, and then they would pick really quickly mm-hmm. for the last few seconds because in their head they knew how long five minutes was. Mm. So similar to
0: yeah, definitely similar. Yeah, but yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um So would you say that? Would you say, like in your experience, you're more, much more experienced than me on the staff inside of it? Would you say, in your experience, that? Human staff, they, they, they respond better to intermittent random rewards? or
1: Absolutely. And as long as you're keeping the rewards and the motivators, um, you're doing exactly what um, suits them. So the reward is what it motivates them particularly, so whether that be monetary or whether that be time off or a duvet day or vouchers or, yeah. you know, extra time with their kids if that's what they want, that really motivates them. But doing it, so in a way, so it's not a regular thing. So hmm. things like bonuses, when people talk about bonuses, it becomes expected. So you just be very careful about how yeah. you use um, th-
0: yeah, rewards. Yeah. Um, uh, we had a, um, <laughs> you just made me think of something there, Good <laughs> story. Uh, we... In dog training, we I, I was taught by a really well by a great dog trainer who was my mentor for many years, still is, a really good friend of mine, and he always said to me that you should reward the dog with what he's interested in at that time, if you can, because obviously in different situations, the dogs will be interested in different things, and when this kind of hit the, this the penny dropped for me for this once when we were there, um, we were at a lake with the dogs, teaching them how to swim. And there'd, there'd been a swan massacre um, the previous <laughs> day. And there was a little pug that we were looking after. Um, and he kept going over to the feathers all the time. And I was, he was, like, annoying me. You know, I had to keep going over and bringing it back and bringing it back. And pugs are quite persistent, especially when there's feathers around. So, anyway, then the penny dropped. And I thought, oh, why don't I, why, don't I, why don't I try something different? So I went and picked up the biggest feather and just waved it in front of his face and started to walk back towards the group. And the little pug followed me. And I thought, oh, how can we how how far can I take this? So I started to back up into the water and the pug followed me and I took another couple of steps and he followed me as well and pretty soon I had this little pug swimming around the lake just to tr- trying to get this feather, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. like never swam before, yeah. or very rarely swam, certainly yeah. didn't enjoy it, but that was, um, <laughs> yeah. that was like a little light bulb moment for me. Of like, so he oh was my. To-
1: you, you picked that button and he was yeah. totally it. Yeah, that was what he was interested yeah. in
0: at that time. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it is at that time. But The thing with things like you give them regularly and a reward that's given regularly, it becomes expected, hmm. and as soon as the thing becomes expected, the behavior drops off yeah, because yeah. they know they're going to get it. And then you have problems with when you want to take that away. So if it's something that you were only going to give for a short period of time and all of a sudden, and they're expecting it and you take it away, you get major um, problems there. They'll rebel against whatever it is. And they they become resentful because you've taken away something that they thought they were going to have. Yes. Um, yeah. so it becomes you it rod for your own back. Well, well you does. So it becomes yeah. an entitlement rather mm. than something that actually you're trying to use to reward behavior. So mm-hmm, that's how, mm-hmm. how that works. So when it comes to, um, the, your business owners and your pet, um, business owners, uh, and how would you go about talking to them about how to increase the, um, the clients coming in and also keeping those clients happy? Um, I think actually that's something that's exactly the same, I think, for someone owners, but I get you to say how you'd get them to do it.
0: Uh, Yeah. So, um. Many of them, like classic eighty twenty, we're dealing with the kind of really basic fundamentals, aren't we? Of premium pricing, premier positioning, stuff like that. Eighty twenty and follow up. You know, nobody's really following up um, in any business. Certainly, none of the pet businesses that I'm helping out.
1: And how, And that's interesting. So, how would you follow up in a pet business? What What kind of thing would you like, get them to do? Know,
0: like many ways, like a free newsletter. You know, um, postcards. Um, Emails, yeah, get them emails. In a daily email. Yeah, so yeah. when
1: you when someone comes in to buy a um, toe nail clippings for a dog, <laughs> mm-hmm. what would you ask of that client at that point? So do they fill in the card saying? Yeah, yeah. Dog, so yeah, dog, so you could just but... say,
0: you know, as they when they register or whatever to be a client, they can you can tell them then that they're going to be they're going to join the free newsletter list, um, and then you're, you're following up with them them straight away. So we know that. The more businesses who I don't know the exact figures off the top of my head, but the more businesses who follow up, you know, they generally make more money, don't they? We need to have five to twelve contacts with people before they buy from us. And most people leave businesses, most clients leave businesses because of indifference, you know, because you they didn't think you were that bothered about them. So yeah. it's something like that, like a newsletter um, or a, or a daily email. It's just like a constant reminder of this is what we're doing, this is how good we are, this is what we've got off here. And
1: that's no different in any business, and no. then particularly. Um, uh, your business yourself, you do that yourself, don't you? You yep. send out daily yep, send emails. I'm emails. actually on uh, uh, Dom's list and I get his emails and they're really funny and I look forward to getting them in my inbox every morning. So, I, you know, I subscribe to lots of emails, lots of people who um, do this, particularly in my industry, but Dom's really stand out because they show his personality um, and over the time is even more personality in them. And he, um, I hear you get a lot of... Um, I hear you get a lot of criticism from other people in your industry. (laughs) Why is that?
0: Um, Just because, (laughs) I don't know, because of um, me, I guess. I think um, I try and be quite polarizing. um, Something that I've learned from John uh, McCulloch, my marketing mentor, um, the power of polarization and the power of putting your personality into your marketing. So and you're
1: definitely not vanilla, are you? <laughs> I'm definitely not vanilla. No, no. <laughs> what flavour would you describe I don't yourself? Know. <laughs> Dog shit flavour for me. <laughs> <talk to> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> not for everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely not for everyone.
0: But it's it, it's it's been awesome, you know. It, it, since I started to do this, and the more that I do it, like you say, even now I'm getting more. My, my personality is becoming a bit more exaggerated in my emails, um, and I'm putting more of my personality into it, and I'm putting more of my my views and my, my beliefs and things into into my marketing it's it's pulling more people towards me and I'm having more success you know
1: and that's profound isn't it because yeah. people don't think that that is a, is what you should do it's mm. not very professional is it Mm-mm. and i guess that's where your criticism comes from from other uh, business. Yeah, it's just an emotional reaction, isn't it? It's yeah. just, you know, we don't... Because there's plenty of dog workers out there, isn't there? Oh, loads, yeah. Loads. And, and you're not really doing anything different from anybody else, particularly. It's quite a commoditized Yeah, it's very it? much, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So the fact that you're getting more success than them is because of you're putting your own personality into this and it's becoming... You are pushing people away who you don't want to deal with mm-hmm. because they don't have the same values and beliefs as you and you're pulling people towards you because... Of the values and beliefs that they have, and that um, they want to deal with you because they resonate with you. I yeah,
0: guess. yeah, yeah. And it's a great. Yeah. I, I tell my uh, pet business people that it's like, as a small business, really, it's it's what your one of your most powerful marketing tools is your personality. You can't um, you shy away from it for a long time from using it, um, but the soon you start doing it and put yourself out there, um, you, you you'll start making more money. <laughs>
1: I'm having more fun. Yeah, well, you do because then you, you don't have to worry about something. And having your own personality, you know who you are, and you know your own stories, and you don't have to start thinking about how am I going to market this, how am I going to, what story am I going to tell, and how how do I say the same thing that everybody else says but say it differently? Oh. You've already got that because you are you you the only one that knows you so you the only one that can put your personality into the business so therefore it starts to become something quite different doesn't it definitely
0: yeah definitely um and really hardly anybody's doing it you know so if you if if your guys do start doing it then they're going to stand out like a sore thumb aren't they you know they're gonna it's gonna be just like a beacon in their town to say you know we are different from everybody else and And all these things contribute to your your positioning, which means you can charge more, you know, because then you're not just your average hairdresser, you are like a little mini celebrity in your town, you know, you're the person with an opinion who's got a bit of credibility and a bit of authority about them.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now tell me, just before we wrap up, because we're coming to to the end of um, our time, um, the pet grooming industry, hairdressing for dogs, what Mm. do you think about it? Yeah, yeah,
0: I think, um, well, it's, it's huge now, it's huge and it's growing even more and there's, I think in the states they're getting a bit carried away. They're doing highlights and everything, but
1: <laughs> have you seen the ones coming out of Japan? No, There's no,
0: also, I haven't seen those. No,
1: they're sort of like different trees and stuff like that. It's sort of mental. As long as the dog's not getting hurt, yeah. I'm not. Uh,
0: I'm not, I'm not. I'm not that bothered. But um but yeah,
1: yeah, brilliant. So Dom, um thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, and it's been a pleasure. And I might actually ditch the Viking and, and just have you for, from now on. I might do this.
0: No problem. Hard lines um, for God.
1: <laughs> Can you tell us if somebody is interested in uh, dog walking or y- your business or anything to do with it, or they have friends that um, have this particular yen? Where can we find you? Uh,
0: you can. Um, so we we got a book. You can go to uh, mydogsuperhero.com dot um, and you can check out the book. Or we got a podcast there as well. So if there's any dog lovers out there, you can go and check that out
1: fantastic so thank you so much for coming on and we'll speak to you again soon thank you cat
0: you've been listening to the grow your salon fast show with cat and vagard share and sign up for your podcast
1: updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com